folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch some baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind, when you want to hit the reset button. Reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode, and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation, and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hello, welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here and joining me as he always does and forever will in any Bears week is Rami Maklov, the biggest Bears fan I know and also former co-worker of mine here in the Twin Cities and um, basically the person I enjoy harassing most about the Chicago Bears quarterback history. What's up, Rami? I don't know that I've committed to a lifetime of Bears Weeks appearances, and if this quarterback crap keeps up, I don't know that I will continue to do this, but let's see how it goes, Matthew. Well, look, um, you and I are YouTube TV partners for life, Uh, so as as long as that agreement keeps going on, I have something to hold over your head, like, oh, you want to pay that full bill, do you? (laughs) If you don't, then fine, you don't have to come on for Bears Week. I know other people who want to buy into my plan. All right. I don't, I don't need you, Matthew Collar. I, I let you on my YouTube TV plan. So. Okay. I do appreciate it. It's been, uh, it's been good. It's been a lot less than what I was paying before. And uh, honestly, the DVR thing works great, but it's um, so good. It, it really is. So there's your, uh, if they would like to sponsor the podcast, uh, <laughs> I would appreciate that and would not share the money with you, Rami. So um, of course, Before we get going uh, into the hot routes that I have prepared for you, five questions relating to Vikings bears. And yes, there is a little uh, bears trivia involved. Um, Are you you back on the wagon Rami with the recent performances of the Chicago bear? Come on, man. The, the, the lions and the Texans are actually blowing a lead to the lions. They lost to the lions against the lions. No, that didn't convince you. No, when you lose six in a row, including to the Lions, like that's this thing is off the rails and there's no bringing it back. No, I'm not going to buy into this thing and I refuse to buy into this thing. They need to blow the whole damn thing up. Okay, well, then we'll definitely get into that. So why don't we just get started here right into the hot routes and the questions I have prepared for you, Rami, because it starts out with one Mitch Trubisky. I have to go there to begin. 
there's news in the NFL today, and it's time to break it down in the only way we know how. Hot Rock Style. Earl! Johnny! With our spin on football headlines with a mix of frozen tundras. Let's be a cold weather team. Neck rolls. And grass-stained jerseys. The good old-fashioned guts was probably the biggest difference in the game. He has played two of the worst defenses in the NFL, but produced a 75% completion percentage, four touchdowns, zero picks, a 117.4 quarterback rating over the last two weeks. I want you to give me a, his stat line against a mediocre Vikings defense. And tell me this, if he wins out and makes the playoffs, do the bears stick with Mitch Trubisky. Me and my brother were joking while that game was being played last week. Like, this is the week that the decision to not take Deshaun Watson for Mitch Trubisky starts to make some sense. But it was it was purely a joke. Um, I mean, I you know, I'm somewhat of a Mitch Trubisky apologist. I never thought it was a good idea, including the night they drafted him to take him ahead of Watson or ahead of Holmes, um, but or Mahomes, excuse me. But I do think that there's more there than what the Bears have gotten out of him. And I think you've seen a little bit of that this week as the offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor, because Matt Nagy has handed over play calling duties, has played to Mitch Trubisky's strength. Something you and I talked about all the time that Gary Kubiak was so good about when it comes to Kirk Cousins, which is playing into his strengths. And I think you're seeing that with the Bears, a little bit more play action, a little bit of more, a little bit more of getting him on the move and, and out of the pocket. And you've seen the results of it. I don't think he can keep up those numbers that you just reeled off. But I think against the Vikings, he could go, let's say, 24, 33, a couple hundred yards, uh, two touchdowns and an interception and maybe 30, 40 yards on the ground. But no, I don't stick with him beyond this year. I think not to say that he can't have a future in this league, but as far as Mitch Trubisky in Chicago, it's broken. Like it's, it's, I don't, I don't think there's any fixing Mitch Trubisky in Chicago. I think he could go somewhere else, get a new coach, get a new system, somebody who believes in him and at least have a, a good run as a backup. And maybe who knows a Ryan Tannehill like resurgence. Yeah. Sometimes you're Ryan Tannehill and you resurge. And sometimes you're Marcus Mariota and you go to the Vegas Raiders and end up as the number three behind Nathan Peterman, which, uh, you know, collecting a check. Yes. Still collecting a check. That's that's true. A hefty check to be Nathan Peterman's backup. Um, And, you know, Mike Glennon kind of followed the same sort of thing. Like at one point people think the guy's going to be the starter and then he goes somewhere else. And then he falls even farther down the depth chart. Um, Here, Here's a question off of that, though, because, I mean, of course, I agree with you that sticking with Mitch Trubisky uh, based on how they end the season would be silly and a terrible decision. And maybe he can be like a Mariota level backup where you would trust him to start and win some games if you've got a great team. But he's more of a 500 quarter uh, backup quarterback type of of guy, maybe at best and not someone you want to pay. And you don't want to make the Blake Bortles mistake of, oh, well, he had that good end of the season and let's pay him some more money and keep him around. You don't want to you've seen enough of the flaw with him but here is a question though Nick Foles comes to the Bears to compete as I use finger quotes compete (laughs) with Mitch Trubisky but it seemed like um 
that wasn't really a, a real competition that Trubisky was going to win the job. And then they pull the plug really quickly and stick with Foles for way too long until he gets hurt and they're forced to put Trubisky back in. If they just stick with Mitch Trubisky the whole way, rather than going to Nick Foles, what is their record right now? I think they might have a, a couple more wins. And, and even if you look at Trubisky's numbers before they pulled him, Matthew, I don't think it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Things were going bad in that Atlanta game when they pulled him and they were going bad for Mitch Trubisky along with the rest of the team. But you look at his numbers for the two and a half games leading up to that benching and it didn't make a whole lot of sense. I think Mitch Trubisky lost Matt Nagy and last lost his confidence at some point last year. And if we had a regular off season with off seat with the, the mini camps and training camps, et cetera, et cetera. And Nick Foles, a chance to, to be in person. I don't think Nagy ever even gives Trubisky a chance to start the season at the starting quarterback. I think he was itching to go to Nick Foles whenever at, at the earliest that he possibly could, as soon as he felt like Foles had a handle of, of the, of the system and of the offense and the playbook and everything else, he was going to go to him. If Mitch Trubisky gave him any inkling of a reason to do so. And he did in Atlanta. I never believed in Nick Foles. I didn't think he was a dramatic improvement, if any improvement at all over Mitch Trubisky. And I do think we're looking at one, maybe two more wins. If you never make that move. And with as tight as the playoff picture is right now, one or two wins is a world of difference in the NFC. I think it's very likely that they beat the Vikings. Now, Trubisky was hurt, I think, at the time. They they were starting to use him as a runner, which was even more preposterous. Just like, get in there and run a read option or something. Like, what are you doing? With like, go life? be Taysom Hill, and he is not Taysom Hill. He's <laughs> right. not Taysom Hill at all. Right. We'll save uh, all the, he can be the next Taysom Hill for draft season when they look at every <laughs> athletic quarterback. Like, could be a Taysom Hill, you know? Like, you can play tight end and then move to quarterback. Um, but uh, it's such an odd decision, and I wonder if they beat the Vikings. I mean, that first game ends up that Nick Foles um, struggled so much to react to the pass rush. That's the only time we could say that for the Vikings defense, <laughs> but struggled so much with that, that he couldn't move the ball at all. And you wonder if Trubisky could escape even a little, this is where he's given the Vikings some problems before in the past when he's beaten them is he can escape, he can run and he's a very athletic quarterback. And that would be in terms of this week, what's going to happen. The biggest concern I think you have is the Vikings are okay. He's not going to drop Tom Brady, 50 yard touchdowns down the field all that often but if you don't rush him up the middle if you don't keep an eye on him if Eric Hendricks isn't playing then he can beat you with his legs and he's just torn up two terrible defenses you're not that much different than the Texans and uh, the Detroit Lions so I I mean I think that the Bears season is maybe not very very different but at least a little different I think that they would be in that seven spot right now if they stuck with Trubisky Right. Like I said, one or two wins and they, they are in that seven spot. So yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, next question for you. Speaking of that seven spot, the Vikings and bears, both six and seven here, whoever loses this game is pretty much out. Uh, I don't know if uh, what the percentage would be technically, if there was some oddball situation, but it's probably almost zero. If you're the bears or the Vikings and you go down to the bottom, um, uh, do the circumstances of this Steve Kornacki to break that down? For yeah, you? I do. Yeah, that's right. Pants and the screen. That- 
Yes, right. absolutely. Yeah, the khaki pants. He is really into those. It's a great <laughs> bit, though. I enjoy it. I mean, so do I. <laughs> since America like spent it. like what eleven straight days watching this guy at the thing, saying, "Well, you know, whatever," uh, during the election, <laughs> which we won't discuss, and we'll just move on to the question. Um, <laughs> oddball circumstances. No fans in the stands. It's just been a weird year. Uh, at any given time, someone could just get COVID and not be able to start football sure. games like his, what's happened to Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton. Um, do you think that that increases the chances of this new seven seed making any noise in the playoffs? Like, does this matter to you if you're watching the bears or the Vikings, or do you say, look, it's a participation trophy. They literally invented it for this year. Right. I mean, like you said, somebody, somebody could come down with COVID like if Patrick Mahomes has COVID on a random Sunday in January or February and he can't play, the playoff picture completely changes on a dime. You know what I mean? So, but like anything else, in fo- I mean, you never know when anybody is going to go down and not be able to play on, a, on any given Sunday because the NFL is a brutal league and injuries and guys missing time are, are such a big part of it. If, if they decide, and all indications, unless something has changed, and you can tell me, Matthew, all indications is they are they're not going into a bubble, then it doesn't change a whole lot for me. There are home field advantages that I think way more than other home field advantages. I think Seattle and the 12th man there, I think that it can get loud in the Superdome in New Orleans. Green Bay hasn't proven to be a, a huge uh, home field advantage over the last few years. They don't seem to take advantage of the cold or whatever the Lambeau mystique was at one time. If we were talking about a bubble like we were in the NBA, where you just completely changed the environment that these guys were living and playing in, you were changing what time of day they were playing. They weren't with their families. They were all locked in one secure place like that. Just from a human nature standpoint, I think that can change what level you compete at, especially when we're talking about such routine oriented people as most athletes are. I think other than the slight home field advantage that comes with crowd noise and the other things that play into it in an NFL stadium. I don't think it changes a whole lot, Matthew, the way that it did in in the NBA. So the, um, by the numbers, the home field advantage on the whole has changed a little. It's gone down a bit as you might expect. I mean, with no fans, um, but I also agree with you that last year, the Vikings went into new Orleans in supposedly the toughest environment. And from a reporter perspective, the loudest stadium that I've ever heard when uh, Delvin cook fumbled, that didn't turn out to be a fumble and the entire place exploded. And that was the loudest single stadium event I have ever heard, including the Minneapolis miracle is that loud. And, uh, um, you're not going to have that type of thing, but yet the Vikings still overcame it. I mean, they, right. they still had all the, you know, fans going crazy in overtime and Kirk cousins made great throws and, and made plays. And we see this every year where somebody goes on the road and wins, but I don't think it changes the fact that uh, you're probably going to have a tough time going on the road and winning multiple times. If you're this number seven seed against stronger teams. That's why when people use an example, Hey, just get into the playoff race and see what happens. They have to go back to 2011 for that opinion to make sense. Since then it's been entirely teams that have had one and two seeds that end up winning the super bowl. So if you're the seven seed, I say, 
hey, congratulations. If you're the Bears, it's sort of like, I don't even know. Do you get a trophy for that? <laughs> like you lost six in a row in the middle of the season. So that's not great. And for the Vikings, you went one and five. That's not great. But congratulations. You had to turn it around to get in and you can tell your fans that. But it is to me a complete participation trophy. And as long as the number seven seed exists, it will be. And, and I'll admit that I'm wrong when one of those teams wins it, but I don't think they ever will. I think we're going to go a very, very long time until we see a number seven seed come in and have to go on the road and then on the road again and then on the road again in order to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's border. I mean, it's borderline impossible and, and partly because you're just not as good of a football team, Matthew. Like right. over the course of 16 games, that one seed has bared themselves out as the better football team. Home field advantage doesn't play itself out necessarily because of home field advantage. It bears itself out because those teams earned home field advantage by being the better football team. And more times than not, the better football team ends up winning the football game. Follow up though. Could the bears beat anyone in the NFC in a single game? Because I say this year, almost any team can beat almost any team in the NFC, not in the AFC where Kansas city is a different kind of monster, but in the NFC, even the strongest team in the yeah. NFC lost to Philadelphia last week. I don't see a huge separation from the top of the NFC playoff picture to the bottom of the NFC playoff picture. And with the bears defense and the way that when, when they're, when they're clicking, they can turn a game on their own. Yeah. I think they could, they can beat almost anybody in this conference on any given week because it is that type. But as you just laid out the, the route to the Super Bowl and having to do that three times and beat the better team on the road purely through defense and getting turnovers, which you and I both know are somewhat random mm -hmm. is is a tall order for the Chicago Bears to make any sort of deep playoff run. Okay, next question for you. I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but I wrote a book on the 2017. Oh, really? I did. And I haven't I'll, seen you promoting that at all. Well, then I will tell you exactly where you can find it before I get to the question. See if everyone wants to go to amazon.com and then search <laughs> making of a miracle and add the word Vikings too. So it pops up, then you can find it and you can get it just in time for the holiday season. <clears throat> anyway, uh, I think so it would make a great gift for that Vikings fan in your life. <laughs> Got a great holiday deal to tell you about from Soda Stick. If you use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER15, you can get 15% off your purchases during this holiday season when you buy two items or more. Go to SodaStick.com, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. So many great designs, especially the holiday sweaters. Make sure you check out the Let It Skull design. All their apparel is screen printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You will love it. That's sodastick.com, original Minnesota sports inspired goods, code PURPLEINSIDER15 for 15% off anytime you purchase at least two items this holiday season. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season is much different and Pepsi is here to get you ready every game day. No matter how you watch, whether it's me sitting in the press box at U.S. Bank Stadium, a very empty U.S. Bank Stadium, or 
if it's at home on your couch, which I've had to do this year for road games, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power you through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Thank you, Rami. No problem. As, as I was writing the book, one of the biggest things I kept coming back to was the what if. What if Sam Bradford had been healthy for that entire season? Like Case Keenum was able to have a top 10 offense uh, in, in the season. And you think about the teams that had quarterback injuries like Aaron Rodgers going down and how the NFC played out. Carson Wentz goes out and Nick Foles is the quarterback. Um, I, th- I think fans will always think about that. Like, would they have had a top three offense if Sam Bradford is in there the way that he played in week one, give me the equivalent for bears fans, like in your bears watching life, what is the biggest one that sticks in you as the, like, ah, what if this happened and do not give me, what if they drafted Mahomes? Cause that one to me is that's pretty easy. It's too obvious. You win the super bowl, probably with that defense. If you draft Mahomes and end of store, or you screw them up entirely, who knows? But aside from that, give me your bears. What if, I'm going to keep it recent because I can go back to the eighties and say, what if they give buddy Ryan the head coaching job instead of Mike Ditka? And that could be a whole different story, but more recently, what if they hired the right coach instead of Mark Tressman? Because I don't know if, I don't know if you remember where the bears were positioned at that time collar, but Jay Cutler was playing his, the best football that he's ever played and was surrounded by Brandon Marshall Alshon Jeffrey, Martellus Bennett, and Matt Forte, all that's four guys who are in the top five, at least of their position group at that time. Like Jay Cutler was surrounded by crazy talent and the defense was starting to fall apart, but they still had some guys who were productive. And if you just plug some holes on that defense and have a head coach who could actually control a locker room and a locker room with some strong personalities, I think that bears team can go on some kind of run where they at least are the team in the division for a few years and maybe even a a real contender for a Super Bowl for two or three years there. But Tressman just lost that locker room so fast. And once you start to lose guys like Brandon Marshall and Martellus Bennett, things can start to spiral along with some of the big personalities and and veterans who they had on defense who felt like they were being forgotten and were losing some of their leadership in the locker room. And Mark Tressman just couldn't corral what was a very talented but very volatile locker room at the time, and they just had to blow the whole thing up when it fell apart. So really fascinating to look back at the shift from having a great defensive team with Lovey Smith to with Mark Tressman. The first year that Mark Tressman is there, they have the second best points for in the NFL yep. and 30th best in terms of defense, which is not lovey like or generally bears like. Um, what I, I am not really like that familiar with what went terribly wrong with Mark Tressman, but the next year they dropped to 23rd in offense. I mean, what was it that? went so sideways because the next year Jay Cutler's stats fell off. Um, The first season was when Josh McCown went crazy for like five games. One of uh, my favorite journeyman quarterbacks ever, of course, Josh McCown. So um, what, what happened there? He just started to lose. Martellus Bennett wasn't happy with his, his place in, in the offense. Jay Cutler 
seem to be disgruntled. Actually, I remember Jake Cutler and Brandon Marshall, I think, had a bit of a blow up before that season in the preseason. And it was just, it was, and the defense had fallen off. And I think that that was just a, a defense that was getting old and not as productive as it once was. But I really do think that was just some big personalities in that locker room not buying in, not, not believing in the Mark Trestman vision and just kind of doing what they wanted to do. I mean, there were, there were plenty of stories that year of, of blowups in that locker room and guys who were just kind of not bought into the whole system and the whole vision that Mark Trestman had laid out. Question for you. Side question off of this. Kirk Cousins or Jay Cutler? Which one would you rather have? Mm. This is not all other easy. things. All other things easy. being equal, I think give me Jay Cutler. Maybe. I don't know. I. I mean, it's like, hmm. same coach, same system, same weapons, same offensive line. Yeah, I think Jay Cutler is the more, more talented, more gifted guy. Is he not? I think he is more gifted, and I also think that even though Cousins does turn the ball over. Cutler is also more reckless as well. And so more likely to win you the game with something amazing and more likely to lose you the game with something ridiculous. I mean, both of them in terms of their career records are about same. I mean, Jay Cutler is around a 500 quarterback. Let's uh, kind of throw out maybe the very end of his career and he's a 500 quarterback. Um, But that's basically what, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins has had, and he's had teams that have been really good with lots of talent. And he's been on teams that haven't quite been as much um, cousins has better stats, but also I think the stats have changed in the NFL, even since like 2010 to 2015, that they've really gone up in terms of passing efficiency. But I mean, Cutler twice led the NFL in interceptions. I mean, so I think, you know, there is that, like, if you're going to be the gunslinger, he's going to gunsling you out of some games too. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. They're both they're both going to make mistakes. Jay Cutler's mistakes were more, not all the time, but Jay Cutler had more mistakes that were just like, ah, this might be an interception, but F it. I think I can squeeze it in there. Whereas Kirk Cousins, his his interceptions and turnovers seem to be out of pure panic. Like yes. <laughs> he's just he makes bad decisions because there are defenders in his face. I'm, give me the, give me the guy who knows he might make a mistake, but is taking a chance versus the guy who's just like, ah, I got to get rid of this football and gives it to the other team. I do. This might be, this is a tough one. I, I think I might go Kirk Cousins personality a little slight ahead of Jay Cutler, but I'm not sure. I don't know Jay Cutler. Well, um, I don't think either of them are necessarily the personality you want from a quarterback. Like a lot of people think, and there may be something to this, that the quarterback has to be the leader on the team. Uh, Jay Cutler was not a leader, and and he would he would tell you that himself. I think Kirk Cousins tries to lead, but I don't know that a whole bunch of people or a whole bunch of guys in that locker room are are following following Kirk Cousins or looking to him for any sort of leadership. You would know better than I would, but he doesn't strike me as a type of guy who's who 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 is magnetic who people go, yeah, that's the guy I got to follow his lead, his example. Right. He's not exactly a fire breather. He's more of very prepared and all those sure. things for every Sunday and very knowledgeable about the offense and he knows how to run it. But I also think that he has a tendency to rub people the wrong way with some of that as well. Maybe the guys now have gotten used to his personality, but when he first got here, I think that some of them were like, Oh, you are very different from Teddy Bridgewater or case Keenum. Um, he's very, very much the the buttoned up 
kind of guy, which I think is the exact opposite of Jay Cutler, who strikes you as much more of a disaster and a mess. So it's, sure. it's, it's an interesting like dichotomy because they're the opposite quarterback, but kind of the same in, in some ways. Uh, next question for you here. This one might take a lot of brain power. So if you just melt down trying to talk about this, I understand. Uh, since you have covered in some way or another, both teams, um, tell me the path to the Super Bowl within the next couple of years for the Chicago Bears and for the Minnesota Vikings. If I told you, hey, one of these two made the Super Bowl, how would it have happened? For the Bears, I think it, it starts at quarterback, right? I think that the, the defense, I don't think a lot of people have a lot of questions about this defense. At its worst, it's top 10 and at its best, it's maybe the best defense in the league, but at, at least top five. And and when healthy, I think that the Bears' offensive line is okay. Allen Robinson is is a top 10, top 15 wide receiver in this league. I like David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen at running back. I think they have some, some, some tools. They have big holes that they need to plug. So go get Dak Prescott. I think if you go get Dak Prescott, get healthy at offensive line, see some maturation of some of the younger guys on offense and this defense continues to be dominant. I think that's the way to go because if, if you're talking about drafting a rookie quarterback right now and, and, and getting to a Super Bowl in the next couple of years, that would have to be a guy who comes on the scene and does Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, or an example this year, Justin Herbert type of things to complement that defense, just come in and set the league on fire. And that's, that's a, that's a rarity. You don't see that a lot at the quarterback position. So if you're talking about getting to a Super Bowl in the next couple of years, I think it starts at the quarterback position. I don't think a rookie can get there fast enough. So the only quarterback who might be available, who would be good enough to take the Bears there and be that dude for them would be Dak Prescott. For the Vikings, I don't think I don't think it's crazy to say that they could win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years. I think they they kind of have the the flip side of what the Bears have going where they're, they're a productive offense, and they have Justin Jefferson and Irv Smith who are just going to get better there. Dalvin Cook is one of the best running backs in this league. I don't need to tell you about Adam Thielen. I think that offensive line continues to get better as those guys get more and more used to the league. And you have players on defense. I think losing Daniil Hunter this year was a huge loss for them because that could have covered up a lot of the deficiencies in the secondary if you have one of the best pass rushers in the league. I think get healthy on defense – see some maturation from some of the guys who they've used draft picks on, on that side of the ball, and maybe go get a playmaker or two in free agency. If they come available and the Vikings are right there with anybody, you and I talked all the time with collar about how people want immediate impact from guys, whether it's free agency or in the draft and more times than not, the best way to improve a football team is from within and to make good draft picks and watch guys make that leap from year two to year three and year three to year four. I think the Vikings have a bunch of guys who are poised to make those leaps here in the next couple of years. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep business going. Unlike other 
other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria and that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer you're going to find anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is in full swing and you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I could hear, um, you know, fans who have been around for a long time, the Vikings shutting off their phones when you said it could happen, that they could win. (laughs) Uh, You know, I actually agree with you on the bones of the offensive line, that they have things to work with there, but the weaknesses have been so weak that that's where they get dominated. And even Kirk Cousins had a long thing today about how he makes the offensive line worse when it comes to the sack percentage and stuff like that, about how it's a quarterback stat. And so you have to build the offense to be a top five scoring offense. And then you've got a shot because Zimmer can scheme the rest and some of these players will mature. The biggest question for me with the Vikings is, is Zimmer ever going to let them fully maximize what they can do on offense? And at the moment, it seems like the answer is no, especially the way that they they played their last game. I would love you to put odds on who the quarterback of the Chicago Bears is next season. I mean, you, you mentioned Dak Prescott, but... I think that there's a lot of options that are sort of fun to talk about. Even, I mean, here's the thing. Ben Roethlisberger's kind of been bad this year. Like he hasn't been good. Like would they move on from Ben Roethlisberger and then he spends his last year with the Chicago bears. I mean, there's, there's so many things like I would have never expected to see Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. There's so many things that can happen. They could trade up again, take another big swing at it and go Zach Wilson or something like that. Cause you know, Cincinnati's probably trading out of that pick. So uh, I wonder who you have as favorites for this potential job. Another guy, maybe Matt Ryan, another guy who intrigues me is Carson Wentz. And that, that's a huge contract that who, if, if the Eagles decide to move on from him, that's a huge contract somebody is going to have to take on. But that's a guy who, for what was it, 11, 12 games before he went down and Nick Foles stepped in for him, was, at, was leading the MVP conversation that year and, and was a top – I don't where did he go? Top five in the draft? Carson yep. Wentz. Yep. I mean, that's a guy who has a lot of ability, I think – and he's a much better quarterback. He's a much more talented and skilled guy than Mitch Trubisky. But you might be able to say the same thing about him in Philadelphia that, that I said about Mitch here in Chicago, which is that it's probably not going to work for him there. He's, he might be broken as far as figuring it out in Philadelphia, but that's not to say that he couldn't figure it out somewhere else. So I, th- I think if Carson Wentz is on the move, 
I think you could see the Bears involved in that discussion. I do think you and I talked about this last time I was on your show that Dak Prescott might be a possibility if the Cowboys are looking to move on from him because if Ryan Pace is still the general manager of the Chicago Bears, and I do think that's a possibility. I don't like saying it, but I do think it's a possibility that Bears ownership decides to give this this core of guys one more year to try and figure things out. He's shown himself to be aggressive in going and getting players and, and going and getting quarterbacks. So I think you could see him in the hunt for whatever veterans. You talked about Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, and throw in Carson Wentz and, and Dak Prescott. I think that if Ryan Pace is given another shot at this thing, he sees the same thing that I do, which is that a rookie probably isn't going to get to where you need him to get to fast enough to, to capitalize on a championship level defense. So he's going to have to go out and get a veteran. And I don't think he settles for the Nick Foles type of veteran. Again, I think he tries to make a splash. And I'm not sure that there's enough left of Cam Newton to bother with that. Sam Darnold, how about this plan? Call it the AFC East plan. Sam Darnold and Ryan Fitzpatrick for next year, right? I mean, Fitzpatrick can still win some games. He was winning games with Miami before they benched him for Tua. I wouldn't hate it if you play Darnold and it's not good and he looks like he was with the Jets. Then you say, well, we've still got a quarterback who can win games when it comes to you know having a, a, a good defense and a team with some bones around it. Yeah, I don't hate Sam Darnold either. I think I think that's another guy who's got plenty, plenty of talent, plenty of tools to be a good quarterback in this league and has just been saddled with Adam Gase and, and a mess of an organization in the Jets. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be against that move either, to be honest with you. All right. Final question. This is trivia for you because I have I to always harass you in some yes. way or another about the Chicago Bears. And this was a Twitter request and I loved it. I want you to give me the top five quarterbacks in Bears history since 1980 in rushing yards. So Chicago Bears quarterbacks in rushing yardage. Not in order, right? I mean, if you do it in order, it's really impressive. But if you just give me the top five guys who played in the 80s and 90s, 2000s, 2020s. I got to think Trubisky is number one. Uh, let Let me check again. Hold on. Let me check again. Because I think you're right, but I just got to check again because I didn't have him as number one, but now I'm questioning why I didn't have him as number one. So hang on, take another guess and I'll just confirm okay. this. I think Jay Cutler is in the top five. All right, hold on. I may have messed this up. Hang on. Oh no. Yeah, that's okay. It's okay. I'm going to keep going though. And you yeah, tell no, me you... if I got him right. Okay. All right. Because I don't, I don't have, let me look. Okay, there he is. Okay, no, no, no. He's uh he's not number one, but he's on he's on the list. I just he's overlooked on, him. He's in the top five. He is uh Trubisky is number three. Okay. Is Jay Cutler in the top five of Bears rushing quarterback since 1980? Jay Cutler is okay. Indeed, he right. is okay. Let me start this again. I entirely botched this. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> from the top. Do you not have the list of Bears no, rushing quarterbacks no, no, no. since 1980 I, up before you asked me this question? No, I just I just messed okay. this up because I when All I right. made the list, I overlooked uh, Cutler. So then it okay. screwed everything up for the list. Right. So Cutler is number three. Trubisky is number four. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Um, I'm going to say the punky QB, Jim McMahon. He liked to run around a little bit. Is he in the top five? Jim McMahon is number two. There we go. All right. Um, man. This is where it gets hard for me. They didn't have a lot of 
very mobile quarterbacks other than those guys. Um, is Jim Miller on the list? He wasn't mobile, but he would take <laughs> off from time to time. Is Jim Miller in the top five? Jim Miller is not in the top uh, five, no. Uh, how many how many X's do I get? How many wrong answers it, do it, I get? It doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. Um, man, Rex Grossman? <laughs> is Rex Grossman on the list? No, Rex Grossman no? was not running. Rex Grossman had 80 yards rushing. <laughs> 80 rushing yards. Okay, so you're missing you're missing a guy from the 80s. Mike Tomzak? It uh Mike Tomzak was almost oh, almost Doug Flutie. Um no, I don't think No, he didn't play enough. No, he never played for the Let me let me see how many he had. Doug Flutie had 36 rushing yards. Okay, Running quarterback yeah. Doug Flutie. It's a good guess though. Um yeah, I'm I'm out of guesses, man. I don't know. Moses Moreno. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first the first quarterback on the list is Jim Harbaugh. Oh, why didn't I think of Harbaugh? Oh, Harbaugh ran okay. a lot. Yeah, he and, did. And the other one that you missed was Vince Evans. Hold on, that was post nineteen. Yeah, that was post nineteen eighty, wasn't it? Uh, Vince Evans started in the late seventies, so I mean, but he played into the eighties. Okay. Played in, into right. the eighties. Yes, I would have so. said Vince Evans. I I thought that was uh I thought that was predating the question. So. My apologies for screwing up the football reference. Your apologies uh, for gathering. even asking me to go through this. Yeah, you're right. Now, yeah. also not far behind Vince Evans, Cade McNown, and Mike Tomzak, which is hilarious. Wow. So yeah, it's it's wow. not a great list. So it's Harbaugh, McMahon, and then uh, Trubisky, Cutler, and Evans, and then McNown and Tomzak would have been great picks. So, wow. Well, thank you. Thank you for making me relive that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was um, one of the penalties that you pay for joining the show you. and <laughs> liking the Chicago bears and growing up in Chicago. So uh, there you have it. Rami, uh, always great to catch up with you. Super fun. Great conversation. And I apologize for everything with the Chicago bears. You are stuck with that burden. There's nothing I can do about it except for mock you. Anytime, Matthew, go get his book. People. It's a great Christmas present. <laughs> Thanks, Rami. Take care. See you, dude.